0: 18 plus KFI AM uh, 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Our last hour uh, that we were together before Gary and Shannon, uh, some of the big stories that we are covering. Just a quick note, by the way. uh, As you know, the president uh, lost and lost badly in uh, his claim that the documents that were taken by the FBI. Uh, were already declassified by uh, the very notion of him leaving office and automatically any documents uh, that he takes uh, were uh, declassified, which everybody says is uh, absolutely ludicrous. Uh, but uh, here, is the, here is an interesting sidebar story to that. Before we jump into the homelessness story, and that is uh, in the papers that uh, former President Trump filed – in response to the FBI grabbing those documents. uh, His definition of classified versus not classified, the lawyers don't even bring that up in the papers. It's only him saying that. They do not bring it up in in the documents. Why is that? Because they know they weren't classified. And you can't lie. And the judge even said, hey, you argue classified, uh, why don't you put it under the penalty of perjury? Why don't you sign a document saying you believe they were classified? These lawyers wouldn't do that. They just left it all out. Uh, Just a note. Okay, now, uh, last night, uh, Karen Bass and uh, Rick Caruso uh, had their debate. uh, Who's going to be the next mayor of uh, Los Angeles? And uh, the big issue, and what they both talked about, is the homelessness in the city of Los Angeles. And at the same time, I mean, that was the big issue last night. And keep in mind, when uh, Governor Newsom, when Gavin Newsom ran for governor, what was his major campaign issue? The number one issue when he was asked, what's the biggest thing you're going to deal with? Homelessness. Now, interestingly enough, I'm looking at homelessness. Does it affect us that deeply? Does it affect you? I mean, you're probably not homeless if you're uh, listening to KFI. And I look at the demographics of who listens and who doesn't. Uh, You know, there are very, 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 very few people who are homeless that listen to us. And so how does homelessness really affect you? I mean, if you're a business owner and the homeless people are in front of you, in front of your business, and there's a camp there, of course, that's going to affect you. Uh, If you're walking down the street uh, and a mentally ill homeless person comes up and starts harassing you and screaming at you, of course, you're affected. But for the most part, uh, people, uh, you're driving past the homeless. Let's say there's an encampment on the sidewalk or an encampment under an overpass and you're driving past it. Uh, are are you really affected by it? Uh, the answer is probably not. I mean, it's not pleasant uh, to look at. You're reminded of how society uh, shouldn't be this way and maybe the kind of pe- uh, people uh, kind of person that feel sorry for those folks i get that but how does that really affect you and it does think about it it has become if not one of the but the major issue probably crime is uh, is up there in terms of local issues so what's going on well Southern California, Los Angeles, the epicenter of homelessness in the entire country for all kinds of reasons. Uh, It's a very liberal city, very liberal state. Uh, The weather is spectacular. Uh, Homelessness in Albany, New York, in the middle of winter is a little bit tough. Uh, Here, it is a lot easier. And the issue of homelessness has become a very, very big deal. And why is that? Well, because, I gotta tell you, people are just, up to their eyeballs in it, and they can't take it. And even very liberal cities, uh, for example, uh, Sacramento, Uh, guess what? Uh, The city itself taking a much harder line on homeless encampments. Uh, It's uh, enforcing uh, a ban, a new ban on public camping by the end of the month, if the courts allow it. That's another big issue. Uh, So you've got Los Angeles Uh, You have uh, cities all over California, actually all over the country, even New York, uh, who, uh, you know, sanctuary city where Mayor Adams has opened up his arms to the undocumented and said, we're going to take care of you because that's who we are. Even there, hey, we've got to deal with homelessness. Big, big problem. Is there an answer to homelessness? There actually is. The problem is. In order to successfully deal with homelessness, in order to uh, also comply with the legal decisions that have been made, saying that uh, there cannot be one homeless person on the streets without being offered shelter, and there has to be enough shelter to take care of every single person on the street that's willing to accept it. And so what is the answer? Well, the answer is providing shelter, both immediate shelter, which a lot of homeless advocates are saying, we don't want that. That's not the answer. That's a Band-Aid. What we need is long-term shelter for the homeless. So there's the answer right there. Long-term uh, homeless, a ho- long-term shelter. Is there a problem with that? Um, not really, other than it will take astronomical amounts of money to deal with it. And I mean money to the point where it becomes by far the biggest budget item in a state, in a city, in a county, to the point where other programs will just have to fall by the wayside, to the point where public services are going to have to be either fall or be decreased. I mean, it's going to take that much of a commitment. And frankly, I don't think we're ready for that. I mean, I pay my tax dollars, and I want the cops. I want the police. I want good schools for the kids. I don't want my tax dollars first and foremost going to the homeless problem, and that's exactly what it's going to take. And so you have these liberal mayors and county officials uh, that are spinning and deciding, you know, we've got, we have to get more serious about this. And homeless encampments are disappearing, sorta. Because you know what's going on? They come in and rouse the homeless encampment. And I've seen this happen on my way home. I go under an overpass and on the sidewalk on both sides of the street that are covered by this overpass. Both sides of the street has this homeless encampment, right? The tents are there. Notice everybody has tents now. There aren't any cardboard boxes anymore. I don't know if there's a surplus at REI, uh, a sale at REI, or they give it away. I have no idea, but it's all tents now. And some of them are big tents. Some are two-bedroom tents, you know, with a family room. I mean, those are big tents. And so they're cleared out cuz it's against the law to park on the sidewalk to encamp to camp on the sidewalk so the city comes and people are told you got to get rid of this stuff and they either do or don't most of the time the homeless do pack up their stuff and then they go half a block down the street and they set up and if they're smart enough to set up on let's say a, a piece of land owned by the city or owned by the county then it gets really difficult for the uh, governmental institution to get them to move. So it all becomes a Band-Aid. So there's a couple ways of approaching it. Uh, Under that overpass, under the overpass, I guess that works, uh, where I drive, uh, not only was there this tent city, but there was also a porta potty put in, put there by the city. And why is that? Well, because uh, if you let people do their thing uh, on the sidewalk and on the street, uh, which they do, because where else are they going to go? That becomes a public health issue. I mean, that is not fun. Not to say the garbage and uh, just all of the filth. And I've often wondered why uh, the homeless people uh, have so much trash around them. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I know it's fairly simplistic. You know, oh, Bill, you just know that. But it's sort of a given. Have you ever seen an encampment that is actually kept fairly clean? Where they pick up and put, you know, their stuff in uh, in the trash or put it into some container. It just doesn't work that way. And I've often wondered, and I, and I tend to think if I were homeless and I had to live in a tent, uh, would I just throw trash out? Uh, the front flap of the tent. And I tend to think of myself as, no, I really wouldn't. I mean, I I don't like to live in trash, and yet for some reason that seems to be part and parcel of being homeless. I think that there's also a mental health issue that goes along with that. No, I understand. Clearly there's a mental health issue, uh, because I've heard that up to 30% of those that are homeless. But does mental health equal uh, unhealthy living, non-hygiene? I mean, I understand they can't shower. I get that. I understand they're using the same clothes, but I'm talking about trash. I just wonder if you get to a
1: point where you feel so, I mean, even if you're not suffering from something like schizophrenia or something like that, yeah do you get to such a point in your life where you're so depressed that you just don't even care? Yeah,
0: I can see the hopelessness of it. I can. Uh, But then again, that just, is it hopeless for everybody? I guess. You know, it's been a long while since I've been homeless. So, and I don't go into camps and uh, do my uh, sociological studies. I'm not. I'm not getting a degree in sociology where I can go in and produce my paper and talk to 1,500 of these people. Uh, but uh, the point is, is that politicians are now realizing that this pendulum has swung, and it has swung hard, and that means that now uh, they have to deal with it, not just. Dealing it, uh, dealing with on a liberal, uh, we love humanity and we have to help these people, uh, philosophy, even if they think that way, but it's, you've got the electorate now, uh, you've got the citizens who vote are saying this is enough. We can't take it because even as I said earlier, uh, last segment that you're probably not directly affected I mean, you pass these homeless encampments in your car. You're not stopping and saying hello and talking to people, you know, and taking out your Parcheesy set and sitting, let's have a good time. You just don't do that. But the whole notion of having a city, having a neighborhood, where you see homeless people on these uh, these encampments that go for blocks. And politically, uh, I got to tell you, the, uh, these politicians understand uh, and they're coming down very hard on this. You have cities that heretofore would always uh, view uh, their um, uh, view their administration in terms of helping the homeless, being uh, very gracious. No, uh, not anymore. And and while this is going on, the amount of money that's being poured into the homeless situation is insane. California has given more than twelve billion dollars in recent years. That doesn't count the county. That doesn't count the city, which are into the billions of dollars. And the problem gets worse. And here's another one, which is really difficult to not understand, but to accept. The more we help the homeless, the better uh, programs we have, the more inviting it is in Southern California for homeless people outside of uh, the jurisdiction, outside of our area. This is a never-ending problem. And the only way to fix it, as I said, is uh, such astronomical sums of money that we're simply never going to be able to do it. Okay, Thursday, 9.30, time for uh, Mo Kelly, Movies, Music, and Mo. All right, Mo, we're going to get right into it. This is a topic uh, that I love to talk about. Yes. Uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, who is probably one of my Favorite people uh in uh, the world. Or oh, was or oh, was, yeah. It's uh I got a couple of stories about Dahmer, by the way, I can share with you. Anyway, uh new Netflix uh show and there's a new trailer out there and it's a series. Uh so uh, here one story, one question. What was his favorite meal? Um, liver. That's good. That's good, <laughs> not bad. Uh s- spaghetti and pizza balls. Okay, da 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 da. Thank you. And, uh, okay, quick true story.
2: I was laughing on the inside.
0: I know you were. Uh, My brother got married uh, in Milwaukee, okay? Uh, That's where uh, his uh, wife's family is from. So we went there for the wedding. And uh, the wedding picture, as you take, it was a small wedding, so you have the wedding pictures. I piled every, because this was right near where Dahmer's, uh, the apartment building was. I piled the entire wedding party into taxis. And I think there were three or four taxis. And we drove around looking for the apartment building to take the wedding picture in front of the Dahmer apartment building. I bet you did. Yeah. And so I asked a few people on the street. Nobody would tell me where it was. And they gave me the filthy looks. No picture. And then, of course, they raised uh, the building. So, uh, you know, no joy there. Missed opportunity. Huge missed opportunity. So let's talk about this. Uh, The trailer is there. And uh, I got to tell you, people are fascinated with Jeffrey Dahmer.
2: Fascinated That's- if only because it was at a time in which we got more information about the the heinous nature of the crimes, the degree that he went to entrap his victims and and how one victim had even escaped
0: and the police didn't believe him. Right. He's he, the <laughs> Cambodian kid, I think yes. it was, running down the street. And Jeffrey Dahmer tells the police, you know, he's with me, and they let him go. And back he went, and the poor kid was killed uh, and eaten. A a lot of this
2: this series speaks to the impunity in which Jeffrey Dahmer committed his crimes. The fact that he got over uh, a lot of times because people didn't believe him. Most of his uh, victims were African-American, most, but not all. And so he was basically uh, preying upon a poor part of the community in which the police seemingly didn't care about. And this uh, series is specifically from the standpoint of how the economic and also racial dynamics of Milwaukee at that time in in large part helped Jeffrey Dahmer commit those crimes.
0: Yeah. And I don't know if you saw that video that was released. Uh, He was in prison in his cell and he had his roommate slash lover in the cell and they talked about their uh, sexual relationship for one and talked about the freedom they had and how he basically laughed at the system uh, because uh, he couldn't be put to death because Wisconsin does not have the death penalty. So all he got was life imprisonment uh, until someone shanked him and uh, that ended uh, his sojourn in prison.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty much predictable. There was no way he was going to live out that term. If only because there were so many people connected to victims who were on the inside talking about that particular portion of the Milwaukee community. It was guaranteed.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Uh, and uh, when's this come out? Um, it's out now. Oh, it is. I'm yes. sorry. I just, uh, I thought the trailer was out there. But... Yeah. They left the trailer. They said this is, uh, if
2: I'm not mistaken, the series is, or the beginning episodes are available now.
0: Okay. Well, that's one I'm certainly going to watch. There's a few that I want to watch and I want to ask you, uh, about what's on your top 10 list, but we'll do that, uh, probably, uh, next segment. Um, The podcast, uh, the serial podcast uh, that freed uh, Mr. Syed, uh, that is fascinating. It's fascinating, but I actually want to talk
2: to you about this from a legal perspective. He is free in terms of home detention,
0: but he is not free from possible future charges. That's correct. And Uh, there's a
2: distinction to be made
0: there. There is. He was not acquitted. Uh, he was not factually acquitted. You can you can have a judge say at some point he is factually innocent where legally, you, not only are you acquitted, not only are you not guilty legally, you are completely not guilty. That's not the case here. This was prosecution misconduct. And what the judge did is set aside the uh, verdict based on the fact that there was prosecutorial misconduct. Had they brought that up at trial— Uh, Right. He would have uh, been a mistrial. It would be a mistrial. So uh, it's now uh, the prosecution has the ability of retrying him, but not after 23 years. That's not going to happen.
2: What people may not know is part of the reason why the the verdict was set aside was the prosecution, to your point, as far as misconduct is concerned, they did not disclose evidence to the defense, which could have been exculpatory.
0: Uh, I mean, it's uh, yeah. Then there's the other issue: is it harmless error or not? Is it's such a small issue that That's it wouldn't what they have, could have been right? Right? No, but I think. But the judge said that this was important enough. But let's talk about uh, the uh, the issue of the influence of podcasts because this is what did it: this
2: podcast and the podcast. Uh- was basically using known evidence known information it wasn't pulling it wasn't like overturning leaves and rocks trying to find things they were talking about things which were in uh, the known evidence and information to the available to the public and if anything and I'm going to borrow Steve Gregory's unsolved here when you have a laser focus on a case you can also depend upon crowdsourcing of information we had random people normal people lay people Investigating this case on their own and helping generate interest for legal authorities and law enforcement authorities to go back and do their due diligence.
0: And to your point, uh, because of podcasting, because of the Internet, now there are effectively 300 million detectives in the United States.
2: (laughs) Because we all fancy ourselves as smarter than we are, or we can find out something that the government or law enforcement may not be able to find.
0: Yeah, and uh, I tell you, it, it's working. I mean, the fact that uh, uh, what has always nailed me about uh, these cases where exculpatory evidence was denied, was uh, there were lies done by the prosecution, the police, uh, the uh, the prosecutors always stand by their case. We stand by our case. Even if DNA proves it wasn't that person, it just drives me completely crazy. Uh, Mo, one of the uh, topics that uh, we're going to bring up is uh, uh, these re-releases that are going crazy. Uh, Avatar, by the way, is going to be re-released. They just put it up on screens. And this reminds me of uh, the re-release company of the planet, and that was Disney with its animated uh, movies, Snow White and Pinocchio, et cetera, uh, Every seven years, they'd re-release it. And the only cost was bringing the film to the uh, the movie house. That was it. They had to pay someone to physically bring those canisters of film.
2: But you understood at least the strategy behind it because... Uh, my mother growing up and seeing those Disney movies. Well, when I saw them, I was a different generation. So there's a new generation of kids who can watch these movies. And back then, of course, you know that was the only way that you could see a Disney movie. They were there weren't any home rentals. There was no streaming. There was no way to see them. So why not re-release it for another generation to fall in love with?
0: That makes sense. And then uh, uh, it was and 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 even when they were re-releasing it, uh, I think it's Ron Miller. Uh, who was the son-in-law of Walt Disney, married one of his daughters, uh, was president for a while. Talk and, about marrying up. Yeah, and well, and he completely destroyed uh, the company until Mike Eisner and Frank Wells came in. And then they were the ones that released it on uh, on VHS tapes. Mm. And everybody said they're crazy, the completely destroying the every the seven years. Right. Yeah, <laughs> and it turned out, of course, that was one of the most brilliant moves on the planet. So let's talk about Avatar. Uh, coming back to the theaters, Uh, You can watch it on a, uh, I have a huge screen at home, a TV screen, uh, you know, and I went once and I saw it in, uh, you know, 3D at the big screen. It was terrific. But done that, been there, done that. So what's going on with this? Is this going to succeed? I think this is very similar
2: to what Disney tried to do. The original Avatar was released in 2009. So you have almost a generation of young people movie uh, purchasing public who hasn't seen Avatar or hasn't seen it recently. There's no real cultural affinity for it. And so they're re-releasing it in the hopes that it will inspire interest in the upcoming sequel. I don't think it's going to work.
0: Yeah, that's the question. Especially today, almost any movie uh, is uh, hard. Because if you, let's say you have an 85-inch screen, which today you can get one for 900 bucks, right? Or $800 on sale, uh you know, why would you spend, is it $15 a head to go to the movies these days? On a good day. Okay. And then, see, so three of you or four of you or even two of you, there's $30. And you got popcorn. So you get a bucket of popcorn, which costs you $86. And then you have, uh, you know, the Coke, which costs you 12 bucks, And so you're out 40 bucks. And you can see Avatar at home. You can. Yeah. I mean, you can rent it. You can,
2: you can download it. You don't have to go to the theater. So I don't. I don't quite understand. Why yeah, the I don't is. get,
0: I, I've looked at the latest Top Gun movie, right? Which is available, uh, on, uh, on streaming. I forgot which now. platform, right? And, uh, everybody says the best thing that ever happened. It's this phenomenal film. Phenomenal. Uh, it's just exactly phenomenal. 20 bucks to rent it. Yep. nineteen
2: ninety nine.
0: Yep. Uh, I'm not doing it until it drops to four ninety nine.
2: Yeah. And there'll be about another month and a half.
0: Then I'll watch it. Yeah. And then I'll put in my popcorn in the microwave that I get at Costco, the Orvin Rick, uh, Orville Rickenbacker popcorn, that I get a box of 46 of them for $3 uh, packages, and I sit back and watch the movie. Why? I, I truly don't understand how movies do well today, and and they don't, do they, for the most part?
2: No, and the movie industry has been declining. We know that uh, Regal Cinemas, their parent company, Cineworld, uh, just filed bankruptcy. So... Theaters are becoming increasingly more scarce, and there are fewer films which are being released in terms of wide release. So there are fewer films for these movie theaters, brick-and-mortar theaters, to actually generate income. Ten years from now, 15 years from now, are we even going to see movie theaters? Uh, I would say 15 years from now, they probably would be obsolete as we know them. Yeah, we're in the middle
0: of some big changes. For example, radio stations, us sitting here, I a physical station. I don't think you're going to see that in 10 or 15 years. Don't say that too loud. Uh, no, it doesn't matter. Content, you know, iHeart, uh, you know, all the podcasts I and stuff. So they don't care. Shannon.
1: Yes. Do you go to movies? Uh, you know, I used to enjoy going to movies and then the pandemic hit, right? And so you get used to watching stuff at home on your own. And then you go back to the theater and you're like, I don't want to sit with all
0: these people. No. And the floors are sticky. You don't even know who was
1: here before. And they're talking. Exactly. Who sat in this chair? What did they do? Were they touching themselves? I don't know. You know, and then the people, they're talking through the movie like they're your parents. You're like, what was that guy in? It's like, lady, do you forget how to act? That's true. Everyone forgot how to act.
0: That's true. People talk through films.
1: Yes. It drives me insane. Yeah.
0: Well, you're not the only one because uh, a lot of us. So I didn't even ask Mo. Mo, or, do you still go to movies? Very infrequently. Maybe once every three, four months. I have not been to a movie. And I used to be a two, three movie a week guy. Yeah. I mean, I was the demographic. I probably haven't been to a movie in four years, five years.
1: It's just too comfortable to be at home. You know? Yeah. And, yeah. My
0: thing is peeing. I bet. That too. That uh, was yes. a time you know, in
1: a man's life when uh, yeah. that hey, becomes I'm putting, a
0: priority. I'm putting two and a half hours hold. is a long yeah, time. Yeah. Yeah. Just put it on hold and uh, I'll be right back. You have the pause button. That's why mm-hmm. God invented pause buttons so you could pee. How many times
1: do you pee? in? A, let's say that film's a, two, two hours.
0: A uh, couple, three times. Three
1: times. Well, I
0: drink a lot. Yeah. I'm I'm a big drinker. A lot of fluids. A going lot of in fluids. By body.
2: Prostates matter.
0: Right. Right. I don't even want to go into that.
1: What is it about the prostate as you age? Does it get smaller? No, it gets, no, larger. It gets larger. It gets larger, it gets spongier.
0: Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's uh yeah, it's just one of those things. Eighty-five percent of men over the age, I think, of sixty have an issue with their prostate. I mean everybody has an issue with their prostate. Yeah. And, and I, I, I don't have one, right? No, you no, do not okay. have one. Well, that's no. good. You like have, one
1: less thing to worry about. Yeah,
0: you have bits and pieces that we don't have. <laughs> okay. I would be, because of my uh, world of uh, reproductive technology, mm-hmm. I'll be more than happy to start drawing a diagram. Mm-hmm. I know more about you than you do.
1: Okay. That's really unsettling. Okay, this got uncomfortable. Good <laughs> night. I'm gonna leave. Have a good
0: day. All right. Uh, all right. Quickly, Mo. What are you talking about this weekend? Before I go to Shannon, all these don't go away, Shannon. all
2: these legal issues going on in, in Washington D.C. and it's changing by the minute. So who knows what it will be by right. Saturday?
0: All right, Shannon, Gary, and Shannon show.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: there is a well planned <laughs> show. All right, you have a good show, Shannon. Thank Catch you. you this weekend, Mo. Take care. All right, Handle and the Morning Crew, KFI AM 640 Live, everywhere on the iHeartRadio app.
1: With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.